Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. I had a fantastic faith-filled weekend. Hope you had the same, ladies and gentlemen. A quick recap of Friday's broadcast, because I wasn't live Saturday. Normally, I'm live six days a week. Once in a while, have uh, issues, personal, business, health, all kinds of stuff. Sometimes comes up and we take a little break. But other than that, last Friday's broadcast, we had on, of course, Lowell Nelson, first hour, Scott Bradley, second hour. That's exactly what we have today as well. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job. We talked about the media are finally starting to reconsider Florida's pandemic strategy. Don Miltimore is the author of the article. Collateral damage of lockdowns includes severe mental health problems, increased suicide, heightened drug and alcohol use or abuse, I should say, education loss, mass social unrest, extreme loneliness. I mean, it's hard to even kind of go over all this stuff because you kind of go, wow, is it that bad? Yes, it is that bad. That's the problem. It is that bad, folks. It really is that bad. There's so many troubles. Mental health deterioration, increased suicide, heightened drug and alcohol abuse, education loss, mass social unrest, health procedures that are deferred, thus people get sicker and die. Sometimes they're even forgone entirely. Extreme loneliness, soaring global poverty, countless other adverse consequences as well. I mean, that's bad, folks. In many cases, these consequences hit young people the hardest as well. It's a serious tragedy, folks. Tragedy. And we need to really realize that this is caused by government intervention. Okay? In the effort for government to supposedly protect us all, all those troubles fall in the wake. And at the end of the day, you kind of go, hmm, is this really helping? Maybe it's best that we don't lock down. Wait a minute, we just com- uh, compare and contrast Florida and California. Public officials in California are flat-out hypocrites, folks. They allow celebrities at the Grammys gather for parties. But if you have a family party, they'll shut you down and arrest you. See, in Florida, Ron DeSantis is hanging out with people and having a good time. And in California, they lock everybody down except for celebrities, rich people. Yeah, they have the Grammys, and they're all hanging out and kissing each other and hugging each other and taking off their masks to win their awards and taking off their masks for their incredible photo ops and elites are at restaurants, and you and I are shut down, and oh, how dare we break the law? 
Problem is, it's not even the law. Executive branches are out of control, creating edicts from on high while legislative bodies sit by and have their power, their proper, just, delegated separation of powers authority destroyed on the altar of, quote, emergencies. Well, emergencies don't last for over a year, ladies and gentlemen, without legislative bodies involved. Okay, that's a flat-out lie, and it's time for us to push back. One lady tried to push back and said she wouldn't wear a mask, and the Galveston cops just broke her foot. Yeah, that ought to help everybody. Let's just break your foot to keep you safe, right? What kind of crazy talk is going on around here these days, folks? The mistaken notion that there's an easy solution to gaining back our freedom? Gary Barnett writes the piece. The real rulers and the pawns in government are at war against the people. And they will win, folks, if we don't repent. Dissent and disobey. We have got to start pushing back on this stuff. They've just gone way too far. What did you do in the people's war, Daddy? Alan Stevo writes a great article about, hey, we're going to look back in history. And did we do anything to stop the tyranny, or did we just go right along? That's the question. That was hour one. Hour two, we had our guest on, Dr. Scott Bradley, doing a phenomenal job. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Sam educates, quote, civil disobedience is a great misnomer. That was my quote. Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Benjamin Franklin. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about here, folks. I'm not talking about breaking the law. But you know what? They've pushed way too far. They've locked us down way too long. And I, you know what? I was polite at first. But the longer they abuse their authority, the greater pushback I'm going to start to invoke. Okay? They're just out of control. And it's got to stop. By the way, Los Angeles is currently under a mask mandate. But that didn't stop celebrities from removing their masks and having a great time taking photo ops, hugging each other. See, that's the problem with these California folks and some of these other tyrannical government agencies in states. They think that the you know rules apply to you, but not to them. All right, Senator Rand Paul to Dr. Fauci in the Senate hearing. Hey, isn't your mask mandates and you're wearing a bunch of masks just political theater? Yes, it is. That's what Rand Paul said to Fauci. Fauci argued, but then Rand just said, show me the evidence that the masks work, and Fauci doesn't have the evidence. Anyway, we'll get into that next hour in more detail, ladies and gentlemen. All right. In explaining why it was safe for California to open its theme parks, the California Attraction and Parks Association revealed that it had the ability to limit activities that are known to cause increased spread of the coronavirus, such as shouting, singing, and heavy breathing. They say, you know what? Please scream inside your heart, they say. All right. And then we talked about an incredible article, why I will not take the cocoa vaccine, Chuck Baldwin. Anyway, um, he talks about it being the biggest hoax in world history. Amen to that reality check. We're getting into that second hour with Dr. Scott Bradley in great, great detail because that article is really worth focusing on, folks. I mean, Chuck Baldwin's article is incredible. So we'll talk about that second hour with a good doctor. Meanwhile, we've got our buddy Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, Sam. Thank you for having me. 
Well, first they said there was no vote fraud. No vote fraud, no vote fraud, no vote fraud, to the point where the Supreme Court jettisoned every single court case. All the court cases got jettisoned. They mocked the, the Donald and every other Republican state official who was saying, hey, there's something not right here. They mocked and literally dismissed almost 50 cases, lol. And then they literally um, coronated Joe Biden. They didn't really have a real election. They just simply dismissed it all. Then we tried to go to the Capitol and say, let's peacefully look into this. And then they created a mayhem riot and then said, oh, you don't need to look into it. Just pass it all and ignore the vote fraud allegations. They're not credible anyway. The courts have said so. And now let's just focus on the rioters. But, folks, the truth shall set you free. The truth comes out. Lowell? Arizona State Senate has ordered a hand recount of 2.1 million ballots and from the 2020 presidential election. Just last Thursday, they made that order, um, this time to be done by hand. Now, this is an audit of the ballots from Maricopa County, which is the state's most populous county. They're going to test the voting machine, scan ballots, look for IT breaches, and perform a hand count. A hand count. Now, notice, Sam, how the voice of the voters pushed the Arizona Senate to make this decision. I'm quoting now from the article, quote, as thousands of our voters continue to call for a thorough audit of the 2020 election in Maricopa County, I am pleased to report, and this is uh, Senator Karen Fan from Arizona, uh, Senator from Arizona speaking, I am pleased to report we have narrowed it down to a preferred forensic audit team. That's what she read in a March 18th statement. That was just two or three days ago. Our goal, she says, is to make this a bipartisan effort with full transparency and in joint cooperation with Maricopa County officials. We've been reaching out to experts on election processes in Arizona and around the nation and hope to have the best and brightest involved in the audit. End of quote. Um, you know, so that's very interesting, um, you know, it, it, I, I hope this is not a whitewashing commission, Sam, but instead is a sincere effort to determine whether the election was true. I really hope that, and I hope this will be an example to other battleground states to do the same. I, I don't think that, you know, we cheated here in Utah. There was no need to cheat because the, out, the outcome of the election was guaranteed in Utah because it's not a battleground state. But those other six states that were battleground states, they need this type of examination of their election to determine, you know, what went wrong, whether the election has integrity or not. Now, what I suspect is they probably won't do thorough audits in the states where the cheating actually occurred. Now, if they find it happened in Arizona, uh, I mean, that will be really, really good news. Now, of course, Stan told the news outlets they're their, their move is not about overturning the election, but simply about uh, the integrity of the Arizona election system. Well, that's well and my problem is they elected step. the president. They complained that there was no merit to the complaints, and now they admit there is merit because it's moving forward, but it's after they coordinate the king. What? Quick pause. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on your radio. The 
The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. And man, Arizona State Senate orders hand recount of 2.1 million ballots, folks. Bottom line is, what I have a problem with is they told you there was nothing to any of the allegations. It was all bogus and fake news, and but now they're literally having the Senate of Arizona dig in saying, you know what, we smell a rat, something's just not right. But it's not only Arizona, folks. Michigan County now in a quandary, lull. And that's an interesting uh, article, too, about Michigan County. You know, the thing about the Arizona Senate is they're taking responsibility for their election, and I like that. See, this is not a court taking it on. It's the Senate of the state of Arizona. And that's where the legislatures of the state should shine of any any of the battleground states. I don't care whether it goes to court or not, but the legislature should take responsibility for election integrity. So I think that's a good good movement there, as long as it's sincere. Now in Michigan County, uh, they're going to avoid using the Dominion voting system in an upcoming May primary. They're going to count the ballots by hand. But the reason they do so might surprise you. This northern Michigan County. Uh, has encountered controversy regarding the 2020 general election. They decide to hand count the ballot in the upcoming primary on May 4th, but uh, the uh, commission rejected a proposal to hire consultants to prepare the Dominion voting machines for the upcoming primary. Why? Well, <laughs> because they, it's not because of a lack of trust in Dominion, unfortunately, but because of a judge's order. 
there is a case ongoing there where the judge has ordered that the machines not be tampered with, not be touched. The evidence cannot be swiped, cannot be cleared, right? And so they've got all these Dominion machines used in the 2020 election that could become evidence in the ongoing lawsuit, and reprogramming them could delete the data that's relevant to the case. And so the county commission is in a quandary. That, you know, they're saying if we use them, then we're going to have to swipe the disks and, and reprogram, you know, get them clean so they can be used. But that would contradict a court order. <laughs> so they are really in a pickle. <clears throat> and basically their only options, they could purchase new voting machines at a cost of, of uh, well over $100,000. Or number two, they could ask the court for permission to use the current machines and swipe the data, you know, uh, wipe out the evidence <laughs> of, of the 2020 election. Or they could hand count the votes. So the commission opted uh, the third to do the third. They opted to hand count the votes of the May 4th primary, despite the fact, by the way, that the state says they cannot do that. <laughs> because apparently they have a law in Michigan that prevents people from hand counting the election ballots. Holy Now cow. let me just stop you there, Lowell, for a second, too, and say that is psychotic. You cannot hand count your ballots. What about precincts? What about counties? What about divide jurisdictions? Okay, this idea that a whole state's going to make a law that says you can't hand count the ballots, what are they afraid of, ladies and gentlemen? Why can't you do that? Man, I want to write software that says you must use my software and anything else is unacceptable. Um, This is just tyrannical behavior that's now coming to light. I don't think most people even understood or realized that, even in the given state of Michigan. This is crazy, town, and this is the kind of stuff we need to expose, right? Yeah, exactly right. But it's even worse than that, Sam. Just last Tuesday evening, Highland City Council met to discuss whether they were going to contract with the Utah County Clerk's Office to do. All right now, Highland let's let's slow down for a second. Let's slow down for a second, Lowell, because we were talking about Michigan, and there's a law there. Now you're going to Highland, Utah. Mm-hmm. And so now you're talking because, about a completely different state, which is okay. I want people to understand the difference, though, right? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. Here in Highland, you know, uh, which is in Utah, the state of Utah, they are hung up on a piece of statute, a piece of code that was passed last year that implies, using the word shall, uh, you know, the the, the city shall um, uh, use the election system provided by a county. So the the city's in a quandary right now because we would like to do our own hand-counted ballot like we've done for years, but the law passed year in Utah suggests, because it uses the word shall, which is not may, but shall, there's a difference there apparently, and, uh, and, and we have to contract with the county, which would, will cost us twice as much. I mean, they've raised their price, they doubled their price, and now we have to use them. We can't do our own election. I mean, I, I had a prior commitment, couldn't attend that city council meeting last Tuesday, but I am eager to talk to my friends and allies who did attend that meeting to find out what was decided. And holy cow, if that's a law in Utah, we have got to get that changed. It is a law in Utah. We need to sue over it and stop them. And this is an example where slowly but surely they've been codifying vote fraud. 
ladies and gentlemen. And this is proof in the pudding. Why would they create all these laws surrounding this saying you must use your county? You must circumvent your precinct. You must use your state or you must go by state law to have mail-in ballots. You can't have the county or the local precinct decide any of these things. See, we used to have checks and balances in America, ladies and gentlemen. And we used to have jurisdictional boundaries that protected the people from bureaucrats and professional do-gooders. Now they're circumventing all that. Behind the scenes, they're trying to codify vote fraud. So they're like, we've been getting away with it for years. Now we're going to basically make vote fraud the law. And that's what's happening. It reminds me of when George Bush uh, literally spied on all the American people. And then we caught him at it. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm only spying on foreigners and um, people who deal with overseas uh, that have questionable you know, transactions or communique. Uh, and I got to dig it. And he, he made you believe that because of terrorism back in the day. And then he got caught lying. And it turned out he was spying on everybody. And then instead of punishing George Bush for his crimes and his criminal activity as president of the United States, they literally codified it. And the legislative body went back and created the Patriot Act and other legislative pieces that just codified his criminal activity. Now they're doing the same thing with vote fraud here, folks. So they've been manipulating votes. They've been taking votes away from the local precincts, away from the counties, mandated by state law or by county edict or whatever else. And, and they've been codifying this criminal activity because at some point, if you give your vote to the county or to the state or mail-in ballots, then the state has a deal with the federal or the state has a deal with outside whatever. Pretty soon, your votes might be sent to, sent to foreign nations for review or they transmit everything to, quote, headquarters software, headquarters for counting. You lose absolute control and transparency in your elections. And this is not by mistake. You could say, well, this vote fraud thing didn't. It wasn't intentional. By golly, we got the COVID and then everybody wanted to mail in their ballots because nobody wanted to get sick. And you could try to create this false narrative that it wasn't intentional. But when you see this legislative behind the scenes efforts in places like little old Utah where they literally had caucuses and then they circumvented that and, um, you know, candidates can come to the table with big money and circumvent caucus systems. And now you see this, hey, you got to go to the county or to the state and you, you can't take back your voting. You can't have you know, ballots by hand, you can't do it yourselves anymore by law. Then you come back and say, this is no accident. This is not by mistake. This is not because of the pandemic. All those are cover excuse lies. The truth is they're stealing your right to vote and the transparency that we depended on for decades, for centuries surrounding that right to vote. And literally, they're taking that away from you by hook or by crook, by literally legislative actions behind the scenes. Most people have no clue of this, Lowell, and they're just finding it out now. And this is why I say that it's intentional. Sir? Yeah, great point, Sam. I totally agree. Not only are they doing it at the state level, uh, we just talked about Arizona, Michigan, and now Utah. But Biden, he wants to, uh, I mean, his, his, the tyranny of his edict is being exposed as well. I mean, Ron Paul talked about Biden's speech last week, given on the one-year anniversary of the declaration of the COVID-19 pandemic. It was a disturbing speech, Ron Paul wrote, warning us that the hopeful spring will only emerge from a dark right winter if all Americans stick with the rules. He, he was quoting uh, Biden's speech there. Biden is the one who said, talked about a hopeful spring that will only emerge from a dark winter if all Americans stick with the rules. Well, whose rules, asked Ron Paul? Well, Biden's rules, of course. Ron writes this. He says the message from the president was clear. He will only allow us to have some of our freedoms back if we do exactly as he tells us. 
it was the language of extortion, of a bank robber who demands you do what he says or face the consequences. It was not the language of someone we are told is the leader of the free world, end of quote. Well, Sam, these corrupt politicians, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, scratching for any plausible reason to extend their control over us, the people. Biden said this, Sam. He said, if we do our part, if we do this together by July 4th, there's a good chance you and your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard and have a cookout or a barbecue to celebrate Independence Day. Can you imagine? And that's as long as you follow the thug that tells you what the law is, even though he's not in the lawmaking position delegated by the people in government. Ladies and gentlemen, this has got to stop. Lowell Nelson in seconds on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Federal agents found $2.5 million in cash hidden in PVC pipes in the bedroom closet of a Miami man charged with bilking the government in a massive $49 million Medicare fraud scam. The U.S. Attorney's Office is reporting the cash was found sealed with plastic wrap inside pipes buried under the closet floor at Jesus Garces' home during a raid Wednesday. As the Biden administration continues to block the media from the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials reported Saturday that more than 5,000 minor immigrants are being held in facilities along the Mexican border. Nearly 10,500 other kids are being sheltered in emergency shelters by the Department of Health and Human Services. A Tennessee man who won more than $1 million from a state lottery this month realized he lost the ticket. Nick Slayton of Sparta said he retraced his steps and pulled into an auto parts store parking lot where he saw the ticket on the ground next to another car. USA Radio News. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Abortion advocates are pressuring the Biden administration to allow abortion pills to be prescribed by phone or online, allowing women to circumvent state-based restrictions on abortion of children up to 10 weeks. Anticipating the move, pro-life bills in six states are pending to limit abortion telemedicine. Amid the surge of migrants crossing the border illegally, authorities with Customs and Border Protection are releasing migrants into the United States without a notice to appear court date. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas claimed its policies are taking time to implement. The Archdiocese of Los Angeles and New York and the Diocese of Green Bay and Arlington have organized a one-hour webinar on the Equality Act tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Featured presenters include Ryan Anderson, Mary Hassan, Gregory Baylor, Gabby Gerges, and others. 
NASCAR on Sunday, Ryan Blaney won the Folge of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Next week, it's off to Bristol, Tennessee. This is USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, live on your radio, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. We're talking about liberty. We're talking about the states obliterating the counties right now, trying to pull rank as they consolidate power. All right, Arizona State orders hand recount of 2.1 million ballots. Michigan County avoids using Dominion Voting Systems, wants to count ballots by hand. In Utah, they got a law that says, hey, you got to have the county deal with your ballots. You can't deal with it as a city or on the precinct level anymore. This is out of control, folks, and it's getting worse. Now Biden's holding America hostage until Independence Day, writes Ron Paul. Okay, and Rand Paul talking about it, too. They're literally trying to make law from the wrong branches of government. They're trying to hold you. So I walked into a shoe store the other day. And when I went in there, they said, sir, can you put on your mask? And I said, man, it's not a law. And they said, oh, yeah, it's a law. Uh, you know, the governor made the law, and, you know, you can't – he's going to re- rescind it on the, the 10th of April. So we got to stick good until then. And then I basically responded and said, you know, it's not a law. You understand that the, pre- that the governor's not even in the right branch of government to make laws, right? And the guy stops. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I know that. However, we're a small business, and we can choose if we want to have masks or not. And then I said, fair enough, I'll put on a mask because you do have a right on your private property as a business owner to tell me to wear a mask if you want to. And I have the right to either put on a mask or leave. I'll decide to put on a mask in this case. Uh, but I explained this to them. And, you know, this I, I think people just don't really understand the truth. They just kind of think whatever the bureaucrats say, that goes because they're government. And we need to learn, ladies and gentlemen, to understand how to protect our liberties, understand how to defend our rights. And so private property trumps the mask discussion. I don't care what the governor says. He has no authority. The legislative body has not made a law. Therefore, there is no law. However, on your private business, if you want to have me wear a mask, that's your choice. If you come to my house or my private business, I have the choice. So we need to understand principles, ladies and gentlemen. And we need to understand, you know what? What trumps what in America, when, by who, where? Checks and balances are key to understanding what's going on, folks. Any more about uh, Biden holding us all hostage? If we don't do what he says, Lol? Well, he's a statement by Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky. He tweeted this, If you're waiting for permission from the chief executive to celebrate Independence Day with your family, then you clearly don't understand the concept of independence. <laughs> and that really says yeah. it all, doesn't it? It sure does, Sam. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, Marlena Pavlos Hackney is her name, ladies and gentlemen, and she is a patriot. Lol. Uh, an awesome patriot, Sam. She owns a pizzeria in Michigan. Okay, we're going back to the state of Michigan, the city of Holland. It was founded by Dutch uh, immigrants there, city of Holland, Michigan. Okay, so you got this Marlena uh, owns a pizzeria, and she was arrested just three days ago, four days ago, March 19th, for defying state um, uh, virus pandemic restrictions and ignoring a court order. Uh, so says the state attorney general. Now, she was taken into custody following a traffic stop for failing to comply in a civil case filed by the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development. Now, it's my hunch, Sam, they arrested her with a traffic stop because they didn't want to have 
the support of her patrons at the restaurant <clears throat> around when they did it. It was before 6 a.m. that they arrested her, meaning very early in the morning. She gets up early to go to work, uh, you know, to run a restaurant. It's a, it's a, it's a hard business, but she was, she was, that's what she was on her way to do when they gave her, uh, stopped her in traffic and arrested her, took her away in, in ankle bracelets and handcuffs. Well, the state officials said that she kept a restaurant open for indoor dining when it was banned. She didn't comply with capacity limits, and she didn't enforce any mask-wearing rules amid the pandemic. <clears throat> well, this harks back to what you said, Sam. Since when must a business owner enforce a rule created by the Department of Health? Not a law. It's an executive <clears throat> branch decision. And they want her, a businesswoman, or to or sometimes their it's rules? or sometimes it's an unconstitutional um, regulation put in place by a health department, which basically, in effect, becomes judge, jury, and executioner. Let's be very clear. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's commandeering her resources without due process. That's a taking. That's what they call a taking case. If 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 they take your property without compensation. That's a violation of your right to property. That's what they're doing to her. They're not compensating her, and yet they're taking her business away from her, denying her the opportunity, the right to run her business. Well, so the, the Department of Health, they say they suspended her food license on January 20, but that she remained open. Well, Marlena drew attention just last week over her decision to stay open, and a judge characterized her actions as selfish and, and claims that she was putting the community at risk in the middle of a pandemic. Ooh, wow. No evidence, no evidence of that, of course. And so she was given until March 18 to turn herself into authorities, but she refused to do so. Now, it gets interesting. It gets better, Sam. This Marlena Tavlos Hackney is her name, said that her actions were intended to stand up against authoritarianism and to safeguard individual liberty and freedom. Now listen to this. The 55-year-old had fled communism in her home country of Poland in 1983, arrived in America in 1988, became a citizen in 1992, and opened her business in Michigan thereafter as she worked toward achieving the American dream. Here's what she told Tucker Carlson last week. Quote, we the people, small business owners, like I told you, have to fight. I will fight for freedom for the American people, and I will encourage everyone, business owners, other people, stand up and fight for your freedom before it's going to be taken away. I'm going to keep fighting for American freedom and my constitutionally protected rights, she said. Well, Tucker reported just Saturday night, two nights ago, March 20, that she'll be in jail for 93 days, Sam, unless, she pays $35,000 fine, and if the Michigan Board of Health deems it safe for her to be released, <laughs> well, fat chance of that happening, her bistro is ordered to be closed as well. And here we got the Michigan AG, Dana Nessel, bragging that, that uh, Marlene had been arrested as though some dangerous felon, in, felon had been pulled off the street. Wow. Pavlos Hackney had initially closed the restaurant for about three months soon after the pandemic hit last year, but then decided to reopen because she felt that Governor Gretchen Whitmer had overextended her authority. Where now, let me stop you there. Sheriff, 
<laughs> Let me stop you there because this is a critical point. The woman was willing to comply at first because she thought, like the you know, rest of us, right at first, hey, we may have a pandemic. Yes, these governors uh-huh. or these uh, you know federal leaders, whatever the executive branch, in an emergency, in a real pandemic, they have the authority to temporarily take control. It's kind of like the president of the United States, if there's an an immediate war at hand, he has the right to go ahead and engage in a temporary basis as the leader, uh, the commander in chief. Okay, but when you get one, two, three, four, five weeks into something, whatever the time frame be to where, you know what, it's not an emergency now. Congress or the legislative body has had a chance to assemble and assess and make decisions. Then the president or the executive branch, in this case governors, lose the authority of their emergency special temporarily kind of uh, authority there. Okay, so we get the emergency action. If we're invaded tomorrow, the president has the right to use the military and repel. But the Congress clearly has authority to, to declare war, for instance. And that's for a purpose. Okay, it's to create a check and a balance. It's to say, if we're going to go to war, let's make sure the most people and the closest people to the citizenry is involved in, in aware and that we create defined reasons to be there and a plan to get there and get the job done and get out and all those things need to happen because it uh, use a little bit of the principle of democracy we don't have a democracy we have a republic but we do have some democratic involvement or principles here uh, that are at stake and the goal is the government that governs closest to the people and the government that has the most accountability is what we always push towards lean towards focus on so anyway the, the reason i tell you this is because the governor does have at first, temporary authority. Well, this lady understood that. She's a constitutionalist, by the way. Uh, and she basically said, look, I'll, I'll close. I understand. But then after how long? Three months? Yeah. She closed for three months. Then after three months, she said, hey, the legislative body has had plenty of time. This is not emergency anymore. The executive branch is out of line and has no authority. Therefore, based on constitutionally guaranteed checks and balances, we're going to go ahead and open up our restaurant. In my opinion, the the woman is on firm constitutional understanding. She's understanding the checks and balances. She complied to the best of her ability. And this is why I say we need to push back. She said three months was enough. That's her choice. A lot of us are saying now after a year, it's time to push even harder. The bottom line, though, is this woman understands being born and raised in Poland, coming to America, uh, paying the price, coming correctly, becoming a citizen, doing all that it takes. Now she's standing for her God-given rights. Let me, I, they're God-given, not government-granted privileges. For her God-given rights, this woman gets it. Sadly, she's in jail. We need to work on freeing this woman and standing up for her cause. We'll get into that in seconds. With Lowell. Man, we're running out of time way faster than I want to. Killer radio, Lowell. You're doing a phenomenal job. Campaignforliberty.org with Lowell Nelson in seconds. How do you know your child loves you? When he calls and he says, uh, Dad, why don't we um, go fishing? Just very simple, but it, it really counts. They make a song up and they come into our bedroom and say, we made a song and will you listen to Our it? next year oldest daughter came to me with tears in her eyes and she said, Daddy, I just thank you for coming home every night when we were growing My up. My son does the nicest things. When he's playing outside, he'll come in and just give me a hug and run right back outside. My daughter goes to the same high school that I'm the registrar at and I'll go into my office after the bell has rung and there's a note on my desk. And it'll usually say, Mom, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And I think of my boy that uh, 
we finally got him through graduation. And he came up to me and said, I made it. Thanks. Family, isn't it about time? That's all he said. And that meant everything to me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Gentlemen, they say it's the power of love that makes the world go round, and there's no doubt about that. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. We're talking about is Biden holding America hostage until Independence Day, an incredible article by Ron Paul. We're also talking about Michigan counting avoids using Dominion voting systems. They want to count by hand. Arizona State Senate orders. The hand recount of over 2 million ballots. Wow, now you got this lady, Marlena Pavlos Hackney, who she says, you know what? I'm going to fight for freedom. I want to fight for American freedom and my constitutionally protected rights. She's got it exactly correct. It isn't constitutionally guaranteed rights if we don't stand up, ladies and gentlemen. But they are supposed to be constitutionally protected rights. They're God-given rights, not constitutional granted privileges or anything like that. This woman understands it. Lowell, any final tidbit on her stance except for the fact that we got to stand with her? Well, I'm going to call them, um, the Attorney General there in Michigan today. Maybe I'll call her every day this week. I'm going to call the county sheriff of her county. And uh, I, I would invite anybody listening to this program to make some telephone calls. Let's inundate that uh, that uh, locale with our our, our uh, outrage, and uh, let's see if we can help get her released. This is is crazy. I mean, some of the best freedom fighters come to us from other countries. They've they've been there. They know what communism looks like, and they're here. And they're championing freedom and liberty stronger than we are. And, and, and so we, we need to stand up for these kind of people. They're the best patriots we've got sometimes. So, you know, this wouldn't happen. And I, my question is, where, where was her sheriff? You know, Richard Mack, if he were there in that county, you know, that, that, that would not be happening. This woman would not be in jail in his county. And so that's my question. Where's her county sheriff at a time when her rights are being trampled on, and, and, and where is he, and, and why isn't he standing up for her? That's my question, Sam. It's a great question. In fact, I'm emailing the good sheriff, Richard Mack, right now and saying, hey, can you please call this sheriff and see if we can talk to him? 
and see if the CSPOA can put some support behind this woman. Uh, because Wonderful. I agree with you completely, Lowell. It's critical that we do so. But, folks, it's all over the country where bureaucrats are uh, flexing their muscles and exercising unrighteous dominion over the people and uh, illegal authority, if you will. Let's go to Kane County, Utah, to make the point even further. About It's really the same issue that this poor woman uh, in Michigan is facing, Lowell. Yeah, very similar. Uh, turns out that the legislature in the state of Utah, uh, exercising their legislative rulemaking power, authority, they said that the statewide mandate ends April 10th, okay? So that's like, uh, what, 30 days away now, 20, or 20, uh, 28 days away. And now the, the governor hasn't signed that bill yet, but promises to do so because it has a veto-proof majority in the legislature. And so Kane County Commission just last week declared that they are going to end the mask mandate in Kane County. They, 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 they declared it over as of Friday, March 19th. Masks are not required in Kane County. Well, <clears throat> not so fast, said the state. <laughs> Governor Cox and his Department of Health, they said, well, no, you got to stay masked up until April 10th because, you know, that's, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't hold you any longer than that. So it's very interesting, Sam. This is another wrestle for power among the legislature, the executive branch, the Department of Health, and the people of the state of Utah just being brought out, wrestled out right here in front of us in Kane County, uh, Utah. Very interesting. I'm going to be very interested in seeing how this plays out because I believe that, you know, what's the difference between April 10th and March 22nd? I mean, do you think the virus is going to change its behavior on April 10th? I mean, if, if once they decide that it's over, I mean, isn't it over? I mean, it's just pretty crazy. They, they're just grasping for straws, trying to hold on to every last vestige of power and ty- tyranny, uh, and, but, but, you know, until April 10th. I just find that very. And what they would you know? what they would explain, ladies and gentlemen, is they would want you to believe that hey, the governors and the you know the different states they're just assessing the threat, and the threat's worse in some places, therefore more drastic action than in other places. But when you compare Florida to California, you begin to realize that you know what the lockdowns haven't made any difference for California. In fact, it's made it worse. They've added insult to injury. When you look at South Dakota, that hasn't shut down at all, you start to get, begin to see that you know what it's a farce, folks. It's an absolute farce. And the problem is that even if they were legitimately correct on the point, which they're not, but even if they were, they don't have authority. That's the problem. See, the state legislature at first backed even our governor in Utah. But now the state, the state legislative body said, we're not going to have a state of emergency over this coronavirus anymore. But the governor back at the time, Gary Herbert, said, oh, yes, we are. We're going to have an emergency anyway. We don't care what you legislative people are saying. And that's where we start to take issue and say, hold on a minute. There is no authority. So Kane County Commission, that's Kane County, Utah Commission, declares mask mandates over. But the state said not so fast. The battle's on about authority and about jurisdiction. And I stand with the checks and balances. All right, moving right along. Tanzanian president. Do you say Tanzanian or do you say Tanzania president? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. How do you say his name? <laughs> Magufuli? Mag- Magufuli Mag- is what I was calling him, but I don't Magufuli. know how to pronounce it. All right. It. You're probably better off than I am. Anyway, sad tale. He's dead at 61, sir. 
Yes, unfortunately. He uh, passed away last week. He disappeared from public view actually several weeks ago, and now it's reported that he died. Uh, you may remember that Max Fouli is one whose office submitted the five unlabeled samples for COVID testing. Yep, that's the president of Tanzania. He submitted uh, a goat sample. I mean, this is a sample, right, from a goat, um, from motor oil, from papaya, one from quail, and one from jackfruit. Okay, so these five unlabeled samples and sent them for testing at a COVID lab. And when four of them came back positive, for COVID-19, and one came back inconclusive, well, he banned the testing kits and called for an investigation into their origin and manufacture. He has not permitted the the, uh, the COVID vaccines in Tanzania. Just, he just blocked it, said, you know, not here, not in our house. Well, <clears throat> so it turns out that this president, Magafuli, um, after winning his first election in 2015, he slashed government salaries, including his own, in order to increase funding for hospitals and for buying AIDS medication. In 2015, he canceled the Independence Day celebrations and used the money to launch an anti-cholera campaign. Healthcare has been one of his administration's top priorities, and Tanzanian life expectancy has increased every single year while he has been in office. Okay, look at all the great things that he's been doing. In fact, the negative coverage of this president has only been a recent phenomenon because early in his presidency, he even received glowing write-ups from the Western press and the Soros-backed think tanks, praising his reforms and calling him an example to other African nations. Well, all of that changed, Sam, when he spoke out about COVID being a hoax. Well... So however it happened, Sam, whether it was a virus, a heart attack, or <clears throat> a quote-unquote suicide, the long and short of, is it, uh, of it is that uh, this President Magafuli is gone, and his successor is already reversing the policies that Magafuli had put into place. Wow. Now, Magafuli is the second anti-vaxxer president to die. The first was the president of Burundi. His name was Pierre um, Kurundiza, I think. How you pronounce? I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, the president of Burundi. Now, Burundi is a landlocked country in the Great Lakes region of Africa, just on the western boundary of Tanzania, immediately south of Rwanda. Now, here's what happened in the case of Burundi. The president of Burundi he dismissed COVID-19 as nonsense. He was vilified in the Western press. He expelled the World Health Organization from Burundi. And then he died suddenly of a quote-unquote heart attack. The new president of Burundi immediately reversed all of the pre his predecessor's COVID-19 policies. So, Sam, is that coincidence that the president of Burundi dies from a quote-unquote heart attack last year, mid-year mid, mid last year, and then all of a sudden just last week, the no, bottom Magafuli. line is it's it's very strange circumstances of death. In the old days when it was the Bill Clinton times, we used to joke about Arkansas. Ah, the poor guy mm -hmm. just committed an Arkansas there. You know, it reminds me of that kind of a thing. Now, it's possible that he really died and that there's no conspiracy there. But, ladies and gentlemen, where there's smoke, there's fire. And here's the interesting thing. When I say there's smoke, there's fire, they're reversing everything the guy did that was good now. 
And that's kind of why I have a problem with the election of Donald Trump, too. It's like, hey, you take complete control under very strange circumstances and everything goes the other way now. That adds kind of insult to injury or adds to this idea that there's something more that meets the eye for sure. So our prayers are with them, but you see it all over the place that, hey, things are not as they appear, folks. I'll tell you that right now. And people are seeking for power at unprecedented levels. And the only way to bring that back in check is for we the people to become moral, turn to God and repent, and then stand up and defend our liberties. As this wonderful lady, Marlino or Marlena Pavlos Hackney is doing, uh, we need to stand with people like that. By the way, I emailed Sheriff Richard Mack and said, maybe you can call the sheriff and we can work on this one. So we'll see how that pans out, Lowell. Final story yeah. before the end of the hour. Why trans transgenderism is immoral. First off, God said male and female created them. I would start there. Lol. <laughs> That's where I would start, too. This article uh, posted at LouRockwell.com is by Vasco Colmayer. Wonderful article, a profound writer. I love reading what he writes. He, he starts out with uh, Bruce Jenner, 2015 former Olympian. When, when Bruce Jenner came out as a transgender person... Glamour magazine named him one of its 25 Glamour Women of the Year. And then a few months later, Time magazine lauded Jenner on his eighth, uh, on its shortlist of Person of the Year, and, and, and so on and so forth, been lauded hugely in the media. And to most normal people of this adulation may seem a little misplaced for a biological male who fathered six children and says that he is a woman. The claim and accolades that Jenner has received over the last six years, however, are characteristic of the drift of our popular culture, which has been promoting transgenderism as something good, positive, and wholesome. But nothing could be further from the truth, writes Vasco. Rather than living a life of fulfillment and happiness, the vast majority of those who adopt this lifestyle face a lifetime of suffering and desolation that usually culminates in a premature death. Very powerful words. Turns out, Sam, the rates of chronic illness, sexually transmitted diseases, homelessness, alcoholism, drug abuse, and under unemployment are many times over those of the regular population. The cumulative effect of these ills is so bitter and distressing that the attempted suicide rate among transgender individuals is nearly 20 times the national average, Sam. I only have it's one question, good. Lowell. Yep. Does his children call her dad? <laughs> Good question, Sam. Does his children call her dad? I'm just wondering to highlight the reality check that we need to face. They call good evil and evil good. We better stand for what's good and right and make that popular, ladies and gentlemen, while we have the opportunity. Jettison the cancel culture. Stand for God's laws. They shall make us free. Lol, thank you, sir. You're welcome, Sam. God save the republic. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting news that ever refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 22nd, 
in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, as our guide. And all we need to do to restore the republic is go back to the principles that made it great in the first place. Go back to those fundamental tried and true reality checks, if you will. you got to understand the Constitution in the reference point of the Founding Fathers. You can't take a modern-day twist and believe it's living and breathing and all this garbage, or you'll just run right off the rails. You know, if you look at a compass and you look at your trajectory when you're going somewhere, just a teeny bit out of whack, and man, later down the road, you'll be so far from where you intended to go, it's not even funny. A little teeny, teeny, teeny switch on a railroad track tells you the point. A little teeny move now. Over time, you're way far. That's what's happened in America. They've literally, those who want to destroy liberty, have really put a couple of switches in the tracks. Sadly, we the people didn't notice, and now we're far afield from where we ought to be. There is a way back, though, and that is to return to the principles that made America great. We're talking about God, family, and country. We're talking about checks and balances. We're talking about the supreme law of the land. It is still the law, and it has a tried and true track record, folks, of success. The closer we are to those principles and to the checks and balances afforded therein, and understanding that we, the people, have ultimate authority and power, and government derives its just power from our consent, then you start to understand the reality. Everybody else wants to look for a, <clears throat> what, a 30-minute television show to solve it? A pill for every ill to solve it? See, those are all looking for love in all the wrong places, ladies and gentlemen. you got to double down and go back to the fundamentals, and when you do, wonderful things happen. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I told you uh, on, uh, I think it was Friday, I said, you know what? Chuck Baldwin wrote an incredible column, uh, so good, about that he won't take the vaccines. Why I will not take the COVID vaccine, Chuck Baldwin. We'll get into that in just a second. But before we do, and before I introduce our guest, Senator Rand Paul had a skirmish, verbally speaking, on the Senate floor. Anthony Fauci was there testifying before Congress. And Rand Paul says Fauci is not being honest with the American people. Kentucky Republican Rand Paul joins Tucker Carlson on Carlson Tonight to discuss his recent clash with the, what do they call this, the chief medical advisor? Understand both of them are physicians, uh, but they literally lay it out. Here's the soundbite. We'll come back and talk about it more. Well, if you try and keeping up with Corona law, you may have noticed it's always changing. For example, first they told you don't wear masks. Now they're telling you you may have to wear three. This time the CDC is changing its social distancing guidelines. We reported the other night that those guidelines are based on nothing. They're essentially made up. At best, they're taken from 19th century research on malaria or cholera or something, tuberculosis. So now the CDC says school children can be kept three feet apart, not six. There are also new rules for riding roller coasters in California. You're not allowed to scream because that could be dangerous. It, it's hard to believe that they're real, but they are. Someone who is, a, who is very well experienced in changing the rules as he goes along and not admitting that he has is Anthony Fauci. Fauci, for example, has already been vaccinated. Great. That's what they want us to do. Lots of Americans have been. Millions. But the interesting thing is that Fauci still wears two masks. So is that the science? 
once you get vaccinated, you still have to wear two masks? Why are you getting vaccinated in the first place? What are the rules here and what is the science? Well, someone finally asked Fauci this at a Senate hearing yesterday, and here's how it went. You're telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. You had the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. What proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. Senator Rand Paul represents Kentucky in the U.S. And he's also not insignificantly a physician. So he had the grounding to ask those questions. And thank God that he did. Senator Rand Paul joins us now. Senator, thanks a lot for coming on and for pressing Anthony, Anthony Fauci, were you satisfied that there is science behind this? And if so, what is that science? Sincere question. Uh, no, there was no scientific evidence presented. There was Dr. Fauci's opinion, his conjecture, that someday there might be a variant that escapes the control of the vaccine and becomes a pandemic and hospitalizes and kills people. But there's no evidence that it has happened. He thinks it might happen. So you need to wear the mask until he's sure that things that might happen are not going to happen. But see, the thing is, Dr. Fauci is very blasé and unconcerned about liberty. But I think the burden should be on the government to prove. If they want to dictate mine and your behavior, the burden is on them to present the evidence. So I said, is there an evidence that some new variant, some new strain of COVID is now hospitalizing and killing hundreds or even thousands of people in the United States? And the evidence is zero. So I think the government, when they tell you something like you should be six feet apart or three feet apart, if they're going to mandate this behavior that you can't have anybody in the booth next to you in the restaurant, when they mandate these behaviors, it's incumbent upon them. The burden should be they have to show us the proof. There is no proof that when you've been vaccinated or when you've gotten the disease naturally that you are spreading it. If there were, it would be all over the news. There are no news reports and no scientific studies saying that after vaccination, that there's some sort of widespread contagion that people vaccinated are spreading the disease. It's just not true. What Fauci won't tell you is that he's telling you a noble lie. He's lying to you because he doesn't think we're smart enough to make decisions. His fear is that if the vaccinated quit wearing the mask, the unvaccinated will say, what the hell, I'm not wearing a mask either. So he lies to you to say, oh, the mask makes a difference, when in reality he knows better. He's wearing two masks for theater. It's complete theater. He is immune. He knows he's not going to get it, but he is not being honest with the American public. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know, in the mainstream press at least, that you could get a better exchange of reality. In the Senate, Rand Paul literally quizzes down Fauci. Fauci says, no, let's get to the truth. Let's get to the facts here. And then there are no facts. There's no evidence that Fauci produced whatsoever. Then Rand Paul, a senator who's a physician, went on Tucker Carlson and laid out the whole reality. If the vaccines work, you don't need two masks. And by the way, if Fauci thinks two masks is good, why not three, Dr. Fauci? Why don't you put on four masks? In fact, I think five is really the scientific threshold. See where we're going? There's no evidence at all. And Fauci's lying. He basically is lying because he's afraid that if you say that 
those who are vaccinated don't need masks, then others are going to say, I don't need a mask either. I've already had the COVID. And then that backs into what about people who say, well, I never got the COVID. I'm probably immune. I'm not going to have it. And then nobody's wearing masks. And that's his fear. It's like the lie he told us in the beginning where you don't need a mask. And then he said, you do need a mask. And people said, wait a minute. You said we don't. He said, I know. I told you you didn't because the medical first-line responder people needed the masks, and I didn't want you to take a mask so that they would, you know, not be able to have one. Uh, so I kind of told a falsehood, but it was really just to give the healthcare workers the masks. Okay, now he's lying again. Rand Paul caught him at it, pressed him in the Senate. Fauci literally had no scientific evidence at all, and, and now it's making the mainstream press. First time I've heard such a candid, I mean, it's a year late, don't get me wrong, but at least there's some candidate exchange and discussion finally happening. And with that, Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you very much. And uh, You would expect this from me to go back to something the Founding Fathers said, and, and this is uh, Jefferson addressed this issue, not the COVID, obviously, but this idea of lying through your teeth, which is what has happened to the American public from day one. There has never been a greater lie told, and I know we've been lied to about a whole bunch of things, and we could make a whole list of things, and everything that's been any consequence and substance in probably the last hundred years has been a lie if it's been told to you by the national general government. But here's what Jefferson said back in 1785. Nothing is so mistaken as the supposition that a person is to extricate himself from a difficulty by intrigue, by chicanery, by dissimulation, by trimming, by an untruth, by an injustice. This increases the difficulties tenfold, and those who pursue these methods get themselves so involved at length that they can see, they can turn no way, but their infamy becomes more exposed. So, well, in this final sentence, perhaps, uh, I'll give you two more. I mean, it's, the whole letter is wonderful. It is of so great importance to set a resolution not to be shaken, never to tell an untruth. There is no vice so mean, so pitiful, so contemptible. And he who permits himself to tell a lie once finds it much easier to do it a second and third time until it at length becomes habitual. He tells the lies without attending to it and truths without the world's believing him. So um, that's kind of where we are. Dr. Fauci has, has been an emperor without clothes from the very beginning. There has never been even a shred of evidence of the things that he has given to this nation. The vaccine so-called itself is not a vaccine. It is a medical procedure. It is a therapeutic. It is given that title to put it under cover of the 1986. And not only, hold on, uh, not only is it a medical procedure and a therapeutic, as you wisely point out, is an experimental one. No doubt. At best as no well. Doubt. So let's be very clear on that. Dr. Bradley with us, ladies and gentlemen. Freedomsrisingsun.com is website. More in seconds on your radio. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental. 
where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. His goal in life, one of them I should say, is to preserve the nation, ladies and gentlemen. And you do that by going back to the fundamental principles that made America great in the first place. You do that by returning to what works. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. And on that website, you can sign up, but you got over a thousand videos. You got live weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution and more. You could purchase the Collegiate series that he's already produced called To Preserve the Nation. He's got a book, and it's a, it's a workbook, and a book, and a, a whole Collegiate Stand and Deliver um, a series of, of lectures, etc., that really get your arms around to preserve the nation. How to get that done? What do we do? A lot of people believe we need a new mousetrap. A new, no, we don't. We just need to return to what works. And he clearly, at freedomsrisingsun.com, uh, educates and advocates for those very things. We have him on the radio because he does what he started out saying today. You know, you can probably expect me to pull out a Founding Father-esque quote on this, Sam. That's exactly why we have him on the radio, because he does understand the intent of the viewpoint from the Founding Fathers. He spent his whole life studying this very topic of what did the founders believe? What did they say? What did they do? Why? What were the arguments surrounding each issue? Uh, how do we behave? What changes? What doesn't? How to apply the principles in modern times, even though things seem different, they're strangely the same when it comes to power and the division of power and the proper role of constitutionally limited government based on the consent of the governed, based on de delegated authority, etc., etc. These things matter. If you want to return to what worked, you got to understand what worked and you got to understand the why behind it. What made it tick? Well, that's Dr. Bradley's really his whole life's study his whole life's effort to find out how to make that watch tick and what to do to make it run on time all the time consistently produce the fruits of liberty 
So, Dr. Bradley, coming back to you on this, they're seizing power at every turn, dishonestly telling lies uh, to the point where it's just the more lies they tell, as that founding father asked, quote, right before the break mentioned, the more lies they tell, the more it just becomes evident and they show their heavy hand of dishonesty. The more we press them, the more we see that reality check. Any final thoughts before we go to Chuck Baldwin's article? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, you can you think about this. You know, the old saying is, if you're digging a hole and you get over your head, stop digging. And they have been over their head right from the very beginning. And, and as uh, Jefferson inferred in that statement, that if you tell one, it builds and builds and builds, and it's hard to walk away. What they have, they have so much invested in this uh, initial fabrication that they've woven the whole web of lies around it. And, and it's, it's led to something very, it, it's, it's core to what's wrong and what's going on in America today. He went on to say, the falsehood of the tongue leads to that of the heart, and in time depraves all of its, all its good dispositions. An honest heart being the first blessing, a knowing head is the second. And it's time for us in America to start using our heads, a knowing head to recognize that we have been lied to. I mean, there has been not one shred of truth that's gone through this whole thing. And the so-called vaccine, maybe this will lead into something that Chuck said, I mean, uh, his, the, his whole um, newsletter. But the fact of the matter is, the um, what this biologic is, and, and again, I hate to call it a vaccine, and we could talk about why that shouldn't be called a vaccine, but it's an unproven, totally, totally experimental it's not being given out on any kind of uh, solid foundation. It's by an emergency use authorization, and um, and we're a huge experiment, and and it's been an experiment. And Biden all has the, the audacity. Biden has the audacity, doctor, too, to say, "Oh, we're going back to the science." Donald wasn't involved in the science. We're going back to the science on this thing under my leadership, and that couldn't be a bigger lie either. There's not science behind this experimental DNA changing or RNA changing uh, medical procedure. This is not a vaccine. It's not tried and true. They've circumvented most of the testing guidelines. Um, they're suppressing anybody who speaks out against it to educate. Um, this isn't the science. Experimental procedures on people called vaccines that's not science sir and, and they're adding children and pregnant women now i mean you know there's people who say don't take oh if you're pregnant don't take vitamin c there's been no good study about blah 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 and the fact of the matter is that there's well it's, it's probably going to be okay for pregnant women then we have cases where uh, women will have this and then have a spontaneous abortion um, uh, and within days afterwards, and, and there's good, valid reasons why you could tie that to it. But every single instance that I've looked at, and I can look at uh, things from other states as well as our own home state, where they say it is essential that we keep the America's confidence in the safety of this. And so unless and until someone has, has proven and without a shadow of a doubt, it's been taken through all the courts, through the Supreme Court. No one will ever say this is a vaccine-related bad outcome. Somebody was damaged by it. Somebody was killed by it. There was, there was seizures. There was all sorts of uh, uh, palsy kinds of things. There was uh, paralysis. There was abortions. There was um, just uh, there's death. Uh, there's heart problems. 
And, and uh, it's just one of those things where then they say once you've got it, you've got to keep wearing the mask because, well, you could still spread it. Well, if you can still spread it, that means you've got it, you know. And, and every which way there's been a turning of the truth, and Fauci has been standing for it, and when somebody like a Rand Paul, now Rand Paul, by the way, I don't think went far enough, but, but I think based upon the, the media that will be pre, re, reporting on what he said, he went about as far as he could. I think the, the falsehood, the lies, disingenuous presentations, whatever you want to call them, run much deeper than what Rand brought out. I, I'm so grateful that he brought out what he did, but there is not any foundation to stand on. The, the emperor well, you're right about that. Let's get into Chuck Baldwin's. Let's get into Chuck Baldwin's article because I do believe it does go far enough to explain it. Chuck Baldwin basically says, "Why I will not take the COVID vaccine," written by Chuck Baldwin, and then it says this: "I continue to maintain that the COVID narrative is the biggest hoax in world." History. That's a bold statement, folks, but I believe he's actually right. The only one I think that rivals it is the Federal Reserve fake money lie. But I digress. That's a hundred-year-old one there. He says, I say it straight out. Bill Gates, Anthony, Hal Hitler, Fauci, the CDC, the WHO, the major medical industry, the major pharmaceutical companies, the major media, and the fear-mongering politicians in both, he repeats, both major parties, as well as the cowardly statists, pastors, and churches who are embracing this phony narrative are lying to us about the COVID. And I think that that statement does at least the reality justice. I agree with you that Rand Paul didn't go far enough. I I don't know if he didn't have time. Uh, I don't know if he just, you know, he's got to try to bring the American people along too. Uh, So if he goes too far, then at some point, even though it's factual, you lose credibility because of the propaganda that's been set for a whole year in the minds and hearts of the people. Uh, So, you know, I, I agree with Rand Paul, and I agree with Dr. Bradley. He didn't go far enough, but I think that Chuck Baldwin has. He proceeds to quote from another author who put together, what, 31 Reasons why not to take the COVID vaccine. And I really want to spend time on that in the second half hour, Dr. Bradley. And I want you to lead this discussion about which ones to bring up, because I don't know that we'll get through all 31 of them. But we can summarize some of them. We can highlight the key ones. We can really talk about the key here. And my biggest reason is this. This is all experimental. They claim to you that it's safe and effective, but they have no proof. Okay? Even if they say, well, we tested it in small tests, They don't have long-term effect reality on this. They don't know what it'll do to you long-term. For all we know, that it'll eventually trick the body into letting the body have a sciatic storm. Um, And your body will attack itself and destroy itself later when certain things come up. We don't know the long-term effects on this. And for them to say they do is a lie. They don't know. This is experimental. And I personally do not want to take um, uh, part in even a vaccine that is not experimental much less an experimental, and then we got to say, not even a vaccine. You're talking about a gene therapy. You're talking about an RNA-changing um, situation. 
Okay, when they lie to me about it being a vaccine, when they make you believe it's more safe and effective than they have evidence that it is, and then when I question them, they say, let's go to the science on this thing. Let's deal with the facts on this thing. All right, let's deal with the facts on the other side of the break. We're talking about Chuck Baldwin's article with Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Border Patrol agents in the Rio Grande Valley sector have started releasing illegal immigrants into the United States without a court date because there is no space to hold them due to a surge in crossings. A senior source with the Customs and Border Protection is reporting that immigrants were being released into the system with biometrical data, then released without a court date due to space restrictions. Biometric identifiers are fingerprints and facial patterns. President Trump in a statement released Sunday slammed the Biden administration and called for an investigation into the cover-up. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the Democrat from Michigan, is facing a nursing home scandal similar to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. According to reports Sunday, the state of Michigan faced a lawsuit over an executive order by Whitmer, which forced patients who tested COVID positive back into nursing homes in the close proximity to other vulnerable residents. Governor Whitmer has used a special law in Michigan that has exempted her office from having to comply with the Freedom of Information Act. USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Alaroot for our newest sponsor, Asset Strategies, or ASI for short. ASI is a precious metals powerhouse. They sell gold and silver. Never in history has there been a more important moment to buy gold and silver. ASI has been in business for 39 years. They've served over 20,000 clients and sold $5 billion worth of gold, silver, and precious metals with zero complaints. Last year, gold saw gains of 25%. Silver nearly doubled gold's performance. Now Democrats are in charge. Green New Deal, open borders, free health care for illegals. Bailout broke cities and states. The debt is about to go through the stratosphere. The time to buy is now. The owners of ASI, Michael and Rich Checkin, have been my close personal friends for 16 years. ASI is the company I trust when it comes to buying and selling precious metals. Call now to receive a free consultation and a free one-ounce Silver Eagle with every qualifying purchase when you mention the Wayne Allyn Show. Call 800-831-0007. That's 800-831-0007. Or visit AssetStrategies.com. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has concluded a meeting with Afghan officials in Kabul, Afghanistan. John Clements from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin met with Afghan President Afshraf Ghani in an effort to make a determination if the Taliban had met the necessary conditions for the U.S. to pull troops out of the country by May 1st. It's obvious that the level of violence uh, remains pretty high uh, in the country. we really like to see that violence come down. Uh, and uh, I think if it does come down, it can begin to set the conditions for, you know, some, some really fruitful uh, diplomatic work. The United States invasion of Afghanistan occurred after the 9-11 attacks in October of 2001 and was supported by close U.S. allies. The conflict is also known as the U.S. war in Afghanistan. As spring training continues, bragging rights go to the Yankees in the Grapefruit League and the Royals in the Cactus League, both teams having 13 wins. USA Radio News. All right, live on your radio, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. So, Doctor, this article is so huge, I don't know that we can cover it all, but I want to basically leave it to you to lead the discussion to, to really 
do the, our very best to do it justice, as hard as that's going to be. I will not take the COVID vaccine, and I'll tell you why, really is the article here. Uh, and so he quotes a bunch of reasons from another author, uh, but this is very well thought out, Doctor. You know, the, the article is written that uh, Chuck quotes by an Israeli rabbi named Weissman. And uh, I'm sure that there's going to be people that will attack Weissman in his purposes and everything like that. It's They're ad hominem attacks, if they do that, by the way. if you An ad hominem attack is a personal attack. It means that uh, if, if somebody thinks, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm too ugly, whatever, and they attack me, it, it basically, uh, if they're using that as a basis, it means they're out of arguments. It means they don't have any logic, reason, intelligence. There is no justification for their position, but it is a personal attack. And so I'm waiting for the attacks to come out on this Rabbi Weissman at some point, if it, if it uh, grows legs and really goes. The fact of the matter is, I mean, there's 31 points in, in this uh, article. Each one of them you could probably take a whole show and do the, the entire show on it. Now, the basis of what has come forth is is uh, entirely falsehood from the very fact that the U.S. government was involved in the creation of, of the vaccine, so-called vaccine. It is not a vaccine. At best, it is a uh, medical procedure that uh, might mitigate the, uh, the uh, problems you might have with it. But most of us the problems are no problem. Most of us, probably 80% of us that, that get the COVID at this point would be receiving uh, asymptomatic kind of conditions. And so the vaccine doesn't do any more really than, than what we could have expected in the wild environment before it came along. But it was this whole vaccine was developed, so-called, and I'll call it that because they call it that, but it really isn't. So don't ever forget that. But what happened was they used warp speed as the code name for how they were doing this. Warp speed, you know, seven to ten years to develop some kind of uh, process like what they're claiming this is. And they did it in less than seven months. They tested it for less than four, well, less than two months on, on the, their tests. It was about 40 days, 45 days perhaps. And so... They, they have no idea what happens beyond that. And for them to say it's safe is a totally ludicrous, unknowing lie because they can't possibly know that it's safe. The idea of all the long-term effects, and we, uh, vaccines have been demonstrated. Uh, we have a vaccine uh, court that people can go through that the government gives cover to this thing. None of the pharmacies have any responsibility for anything in this. There's no liability involved. U.S. taxpayers are to cover it. Less than 1% of the vaccine-damaged people end up in this vaccine court. And over the last uh, while, they've done over $4.5 billion of payouts to these people. But these things are devastating oftentimes that come out. It's not like you get an ingrown toenail or toe fungus. I mean, there are children and adults. I mean, I personally know people that... um, although they haven't been through the courts, and so you can't say absolutely it's been proved, they get the vaccine, and then, they're, uh, then, they, then they immediately develop uh, diabetes. For the rest of their life, they're put with that. The SIDS world, sudden infant death situation, the idea that, that you'd have to take every one of these to court, but if someone gets a vaccine and within a day or two the child is dead, 
the idea that we have people that are autistic, and there's a whole spectrum of autism, but some of the these uh, autistic children absolutely are out of their mind constantly, and they drive their parents out of their mind. These things have a record of having challenges. Autism in America is is up by thousands of percent over what it was in the past, and uh, the uh, the incidence rate was so low prior to the fact that they came out with this plethora of vaccines since uh, the Congress passed and Reagan signed in 1986 a complete get-out-of-jail-free letter for all the pharma companies. They've come up with actually 72 vaccines. Now, I know we're, we're straying from the COVID idea, but the idea that these things are always safe and effective is something that is very questionable in what's happening in America. 72 vaccine injections between birth and age 18 now are on the schedule. And, and so they come up with this thing in just a few months. They test it for a few days. They have bad outcomes during the testing times. They say, well, it's within the statistical anomalies. They didn't really do double-blind placebo tests on these things. They tested in many instances against some other vaccine like a meningitis, which is known to have uh, adverse side effects oftentimes. And so they say, well, there was no more bad side effects than there was in the placebo they tested it against. Well, <laughs> they knew that what they were testing it against already had a, a track record in this matter. I mean, we could go everything. I mean, it's not really a vaccine. It doesn't give you immunity. The drug companies and the government and the media, I mean, right from the very beginning, I did an interview uh, a year ago. Uh, as soon as this happened, with probably the major news source in our home state of Utah, a 28-minute interview. But they had a complete, that wasn't a narrative, it was a script. They were doing a six-minute segment on the basically government-mandated vaccines. And they used nine seconds of my 28-minute interview, and I honestly would have to say they were the, the most inane part of the interview. And, of course, no one would say anything I ever say is inane, right? But at any rate... The fact of the matter is they used, the, if you will, the least important portion of that, and then they spent the rest of the six minutes attempting to debunk and facilitate the idea that government has the right to come in and mandate these kinds of things. And, and the, the whole premise of this is, is based upon falsehood. There is not a shred of evidence that anything they're saying is absolutely true. But the people that are receiving it, uh, my wife ran into somebody the other yesterday, I think it was, and she was just giddy with the fact that she had just received her second injection, and she was free. It's free, but but they're not telling us it's you're free now. You still got to wear masks. You still got to social distance. You still got to hand sanitize. You still can't greet, um, uh, grow, you know, uh, be able to gather with people. And, and Biden's saying now, well, maybe if we mind our P's and Q's, come the 4th of July, we can have small family barbecues in our backyard. What a pack of lies. And, and the people that are giving this stuff, I'm not even sure they're sure enough of it to take their own vaccines. There's strong evidence. Well, they're, they're not that, sure of it. In fact, most medical, um, I shouldn't say most, a significant number of medical health care professionals, people on the front lines won't take the vaccines. People in the military won't take the vaccines. A quarter of Congress won't take the vaccines. And now more people are asking Fauci questions like Dr. <clears throat> Rand Paul asked. So, for example, 
Fauci couldn't explain the science behind refraining from telling Americans who have received the coronavirus vaccine that they could safely travel again. So it got brought up on a CNN, uh, and he, they said, hey, what's the science behind this saying? You know, why can't they travel? And he didn't have an explanation. Fauci also warned against, quote, fixating on herd immunity and said, hey, the focus should be on vaccinating as many people as we possibly can. But listen, Fauci then went on to explain that previous projections he made about reaching approximately 70 to 80 percent or 85 percent herd immunity were speculation. So Fauci getting his head handed to him by many people now as the truth comes out, doctor. Well, here's the deal. The emergency use authorization process for the, that they put this out on is not an approval. It is something that they said, well, the, the, the risks of taking it are outweighed by the, the downside on if we don't take it. I mean, that's, it's basically a, a gamble, okay? But it's an emergency use, author, use authorization. It is not an approved drug, vaccine, therapy, whatever you want to call it. And here's the thing. That's why... People right now have a leg to stand on for not taking it. They say when you see in the military, well, it's an experimental process, and and the, you know you you go clear back to the Nuremberg trials. You cannot compel people to participate in an experimental medical thing. I mean, you you think about what happened with the Nazi concentration camps. They experimented on human beings, and they said, no, you can't do that anymore. And so, so it's emergency use authorization. If they do finally come to an approval point on this, where it becomes an approved drug, again, cyclonic force, uh, you know, the warp speed kind of thing it came through. And, and you, you don't know beyond 45 days what it'll do to you. It could be autoimmune system diseases or anything like that because your body attacks itself ultimately, and there's plenty of those examples with other vaccines. But back to the matter is, that's how... So many are being able to get away from this, but they're working towards forcing all the military to take it, our first responders and everybody. But right now, they don't have yes, indeed. emergency use. Quick pause, Dr. Scott Bradley with us. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live, the doctor's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. I'm telling you right now, Fauci's out of control. He warns against fixating on herd immunity. Everybody's just got to take the Cocovax, even though it's an experimental vaccine at best. No science behind it. But then he admits before he told us about this herd immunity. And others said, oh, it won't take that much to get to herd immunity. And he said, oh, they're lying. But now it turns out that he blatantly publicly admits that his um, views on herd immunity is nothing but speculation. This is the guy that told us not to wear masks. Then he changed and said, wear masks. Now he's saying you got to wear two masks, even though you've been vaccinated. When people challenge him on the science, he doesn't know and doesn't have it. But there could be an event that might come up. We just don't know. And then they say, hey, you know what? Um, Explain the science behind not being able to travel, even though you have the herd or the immunity. Uh, because you've taken the vaccination. He can't explain the science behind that. And it gets worse, folks. It gets worse because there's a stress prevention vaccine on the horizon. Did you hear about this? They're literally trying to give you a stress prevention vaccine. They're working on it. The American Institute of Stress notes that 55% of the American people are stressed throughout the day which makes Americans among the most stressed out people population in the world. Work-related stress is at an all-time high with, they say, 83% of American workers suffering from job-related stress. Okay, now they want to literally push a stress vaccine on you. Folks, they're out of control. And the way you know they're lying and the way you know they're out of control is they get rid of all liability for the vaccine companies. They have Fauci get stand up there and lie, 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 lie without evidence. They love that phrase, without evidence. Uh, but you know, they don't have the evidence or the science for the things they claim at all. What would be the most important points of this article? We'll never get to it all, doctor. But, but, but what do you think are the most important points people ought to be aware of? Well, it's, it's absolutely a facade. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how to take the 31 and boil them into the 31 points and boil them into one little thing. But the fact of the matter is, it's it's basically deconstructing everything that's happening on this. It's it's just think for a minute. In in the past year, they have done everything in their power. Those people that are promoting this uh, this uh, script have have done everything in this power to in their power to make it appear that every single death that happens is somehow related to covid and and they they use the most disingenuous methodologies of so doing 
and, and they've tied people that have fallen off ladders, one that I personally know of that broke their neck and died. They called it a COVID death. And the reason the family's upset is because the accidental death uh, life insurance policy cannot now double its indemnity because of the fact it's a COVID-related death. It wasn't an accident anymore. They've strained at these things, and they've brought them forth. And the fact of the matter is, if it doesn't fit the narrative, the, the, the uh, dialogue, they won't allow it. Now, when people get a vaccine, and they, there's some horribly adverse thing that happens after the, the fact, they say, oh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's just a happenstance. This is a coincidental kind of thing that's happened. And, oh, no, you can't equate it until, until we absolutely prove this thing. I have in my hand a uh, Utah Department of Health uh, announcement they just sent out last week that's uh, the Office of Medical Examiner. They're saying there's, there's been no deaths caused by COVID vaccines in, in Utah to date, okay? They say the COVID-19, I'm, I'm quoting from it, the COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. They are how we will end this pandemic, okay? It says, going to this end, we call on members of the press and media to wait for all the facts to be known before reporting. Well, one of the facts ever bothered them. This is absolutely, it says the public confidence in the COVID-19 vaccine is critical, and providing absolute transparency to the vaccine side effects is our goal. So what they're doing is they're trying to do everything to keep this vaccine in a positive light in the uh, uh, eyes of the public, because it's how we're going to end the, end the pandemic. I'm not so sure that any of those statements are facts. But everything that happens that appears to be possibly related with a, you know, cause and effect kind of thing, they got it, they died, or they baby aborted, or they had a heart attack, or whatever. Oh, no, 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 that, that's, that's just half-substantial. That was coincidental. No, 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 don't go to draw any conclusions like that. But for the entire past year, and there's some statistics that even the CDC has put out that would indicate that only 6 to 10% of the reported COVID deaths, they, they, they're kind of wheezing a little bit now, COVID-related deaths. I mean, maybe they had a positive test when we all know what the, the PCR uh, test is, is a, a facade in its own self, and it was never designed to be used for what they're doing. It And the amplifications that they're using, it can get any results you want with it. But the fact of the matter is, they use all of these things as though they are the gospel that's canonized by heaven itself. And now when we have other related things, and, and I, I fear what we'll see in the future, if we have these adverse side effects ultimately that start to show up in, in pretty broad-spectrum things, they'll say, oh, it's because those people that don't believe us or don't wear masks or whatever, and we got to shut the place down again. I mean, I'm just waiting for that to happen. So it's hard to take this 31-point article and completely capsulize it down to that. It is, it has been an intense propaganda cap campaign, and and the politicians, the physicians, the researchers. One of the key points. One of the key points, again? doctor, that I really think that one of the key points I really think we need to highlight in this, and uh, Chuck Baldwin points this out. Listen carefully. He says, in the first place, the scientific community has not even proved that the SARS coronavirus even exists. They have never isolated this at all. 
So they can't even really prove that it exists. Now, I understand people are getting sick. Why is a different discussion? But if you want to go to the scientific facts, you can't even prove it exists unless you can isolate it and separate it. Okay? So they can't even prove it exists. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And they even admit it in their own medical literature. Well, That's well, an important have, point I to mean, make, isn't been it? COVID out there for for decades, and and there's different flavors of it. And in fact, it is a virus that can you know it, it mutates, it migrates, it changes. And and the fact of the matter is, I'm a little worried that they'll be saying, "Oh my golly, oh, oh, oh here's the next horrible one. We got to have another vaccine." And so they'll they, you know be the vaccine of the the month flavor, you know. And uh, these guys have already made billions upon billions of dollars on these things with no risk. They've been handed billions of dollars to create it at warp speed. There have been horrid, in terms of scientific uh, terms, looking at ways to prove its effectiveness and its safety. And and so what we do is we have we are becoming a we're we're a multi-million guinea pig experiment right now at this point, but as Chuck points out, there's churches. Uh, it's not just it's not just the media. It's not just politicians. It's just not talking heads from pharma companies. There are churches that have lined up that have put their full force and effect on this. In spite of the fact, I can't hardly believe that they are unaware of this. But maybe they are because everybody that has a counterpoint, every intelligent, articulate, certified um, subject matter expert that brings up any counterpoint of this is immediately shut down. And and there have been many thousands that have signed on to the idea that these are these. There's concerns, and and this isn't publicized. You know. There's two interesting points here that I that most people don't know. One is that it's not a vaccine. Two, okay, but listen to this. Israel's prime minister has openly admitted that the Israeli people are the world's laboratory for this experimental medical treatment. All right? That's really telling. Somebody needs to ask Fauci about that. And then say, are we the American people being experimented on as well? And see if he lies. The next one that I find well, fascinating see, is this. I is this, the executives. Israel. In Israel, you, you sure. cannot do almost anything in Israel without the vaccine now. You've been and that's the way it's going to be in America at some point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. They're saying that you're not even able to travel and, and stuff like that without a vaccine. They're getting there. But then uh, number nine says the executives and board members at Pfizer are on record that they have not taken their own treatment despite all the fanfare and assurances they're claiming. They would consider it unfair to cut the line. So they're acting like, well, we haven't taken it because we don't want to cut the line. But the truth is, you know what? They could take a couple of, uh, you know, doses or whatever else and no one would even blink an eye they could say hey we have to test it ourselves uh that's what they say about politicians hey the politicians need to take it to build confidence in the vaccine they've been having all these you know politicians and other people take it on tv so that you feel like it's safe all that propaganda but then they they say they can't cut the line now the establishment has been entirely one-sided at this anybody who speaks out against it 
and this is the hominem attack that, that Dr. Bradley's talking about. They don't attack the science. You even heard it in Fauci's response uh, to Rand Paul. The second Rand Paul brought it up, he's like, mm-hmm, yeah. In other words, you're not even credible, uh, Dr. Rand. We know you, okay? They can't deal with it. There's an intense propaganda campaign for people to take this treatment. Those who raise concern about the medical treatment are being bullied, slandered, mocked, censored, ostracized, threatened, and fired from their jobs. Okay? Bottom line is this, folks. Were they up front with the masses? No, they were not. And if people knew the truth about this stuff, most people wouldn't take the vaccines. And they know it. And so they're duping the American people. And this is where, uh, Dr. Bradley, to finalize the conversation on this, we have got to start pushing back way harder and say we're not going to take these lies. Well, they've been, they've been working on compliance. I mean, really, literally. I mean, it's been, it's been more than the year that we've got here. But, but this belief in the establishment view, this, you know, I mean, with, clear back when Walter Cronkite was the evening news guy, I mean, it, it's that's the way it is, you know. I mean, he tells us, and they believe we believe, and and we have got to have a more questioning. Uh, we got to have a knowing head. As I going back to Thomas Jefferson's statement, we need to take the time, educate ourselves, and become, if you will, the arbiters of our own health. And uh, that's really the way it is. God granted us the privilege of, of choosing for ourselves. He granted us the, uh, the blessing of, of intelligence. If we would simply use our own intelligence and not be bought into and, and basically corralled by those that are seeking to make many, many billions of dollars on this with, with very, honestly, the, the COVID situation has not been much different in terms of everything in the whole world than, than a seasonal flu. And, uh, well, and now there's the no flu cases con- anymore. There's no flu cases anymore to make your point. It's absolutely a fraudulent <laughs> lie, and everything testifies to the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Their credibility is in crisis. It's time for us to push back and stand up and defend the sacred cause of liberty. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. FreedomsRisingSun.com. God save the republic.